0: It is January 3rd, 2017, and I'm your host, MK Lords. This is the second episode of Iconisass. Iconisass is a podcast that takes a snarky look at news, views, and attitudes. So this is the second episode, and I'm starting to get my shit together more. And today, I'm joined by the one and only Angela fucking Keaton. That's right. AK and MK are teaming up to fill your brain with something... We have a sweet and salty agenda in store for you today, but first, how the hell are you, Angela?
1: Being me is always fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so we've kind of been talking about doing this for a while. I've been wanting to start my own podcast for a while. You've been wanting to start a podcast. Uh, we have both hosted, we've been on other podcasts and interviewed each other before and also co-hosted the radio show freedom fiends together so um i think it's it's about time that we branched out on our own
1: it's the full freedom fiends domination of lrn (laughs) there will be only i think my prediction is that by 2020 lrn will only be playing fiends spinoffs and spinoffs of the spinoffs
0: i've i've been on some of the spinoffs so far so i've been on Nick Hazelton's podcast, the Anarcho and I've been on the Lulberts, which that's always fun. That's Jim Jesus's podcast, and I don't, I, I want to say there's other ones. Well, Ben Stone had his own podcast, but that that was before the Fiends, maybe during the Fiends. I, I don't know. My timelines are all screwed up. It's like I, I'm in the Berenstein Bears timeline. I like. None of this even feels real to me, like none of this whole past oh. year has felt real to me oh
1: well, there's, there's, there's much to discuss. I just saw the movie Arrival last night, where we can i if you get a chance to see it and it not full this is not a full price movie, but definitely one for a few bucks discussing time and timelines. yes, it's good, and ethics, and there's aliens in it too.
0: I like all those things. Yeah, so. no,
1: it's it's good. There's a lot. There's going to be a lot of... I've got some free-range movie stuff going on in my head. Also, I've got a really serious question that I think will be part of our vaginal episode on it has to do with Lena Dunham and the financing of new work.
0: Ooh. All right. All right. So, well, do you kind of want to go into that? That's that's interesting. We We were going to start with something else with this other... Trump stuff, but that's actually more interesting to me. What you just brought up,
1: well, in 2017, part of I I do think I do themes every year. I am a cultist of the cognitive behavioral therapy school, which changed my life. In you know, like a like a like a, I'm going to do like the evangelical thing, you know, just come to this and all will change. So the themes this year have led me to watch more movies and television a lot more, and think about these things and be a pretentious douchebag about thinking about them and writing about them. So I've one of the things that I have done recently is watch a and then this has really occurred to me because it, and I think too if, if people are following us because of they, they know us as libertarians Lena Dunham is the Paul Krugman of American popular culture meets high art TV like everything Lena Dunham does everything she says offends absolutely everyone and is mine. Bogglingly stupid, and offensive, like Paul Krugman. No, no, and and like Paul Krugman, Lena Dunham is an entertainer. She, I guess, is the showrunner, creator, producer, director of whatever. I'm sure she's all those things for this show called Girls. Which
0: she should stop entertaining. <laughs> 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 I waiting for you to Not say something. Not a fan. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So not, I tried to watch Girls. I try, you know, I, I try to give everything a chance before shit talking it. You know, I really do, and I tried to watch it, and I just couldn't get through. I was like, "This is so." It's like every bad stereotype about millennials and millennial women put into a show. That's it. Oh God, I hated the writing. I hated the acting. Just everything about it just seemed bad. And I like I don't know how it's a show. I, I to me there's so many other better shows out there. I mean I'm a big fan of animated shows. I'm a big fan of cartoons. Actually, like I love stuff like Rick and Morty and BoJack Horseman. Like weird stuff like that. I think the writing on a lot of these shows is so good. Like the stuff that Netflix is coming out with is awesome. Oh, I love stuff like Black Mirror. The writing has gotten so good and it's like I'll come across something like girls and I'm just like, What well, how is this even a thing? It's the current year, you know, like this is just bad writing and I I don't care for it, obviously.
1: Oh uh, no, no, nor should she well this is this the two 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 expressions come to mind. The first one is from older white male douchebags. They always say, I'm not the audience for this which I'm certainly not the audience for girls and black (laughs) black anarchist women often use the expression or radical women black radical women use the expression this is not meant for you or that's not meant for you and then the same thing girls is not meant for me just like sex in the city wasn't meant for me or friends or lots of other cultural things that just have no bearing on any reality I've ever lived in and Girls does I mean it brings out and, and I, I'm sure I will already start offending people in the audience if people haven't started already spitting. I, I want to make all sure- two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah,
0: just,
1: yeah, um, shows okay. So girls really is about a certain very privileged white upper middle class New York reality, and women like that exist, and I wish I were one of them. I really do. I my life would be very different, and I would be able to make lunatic tv shows but the problem of lena Lena dunham is i i just i look at her and i see all that wasted potential because that money used could have been done for some really interesting either screwball comedy or slapstick or film noir anything that isn't whatever the hell that you know her daily diary or whatever the hell i'm watching and their fornication habits which makes me hate heterosexuality all the more and it's not like I don't have a pent up steam, of you know, like repulsed, <laughs> I'm repulsed by heterosexuality generally. So that you know, and it and one of its most important scenes involves uh, Brian Williams' his daughter as an actress, and we were treated to the anal motor boating, which you know, I you know, I've, I've you know, I'm not a stranger to pornography. I just sometimes like to keep things separate or in either case i just don't want to see any anal motor boring a already crappy dismal borderline grunt you know like mumble mumble core show it's horrible it's just awful mumble core so, you know, oh, so
0: okay, oh my okay, god we're gonna get more
1: pretentious I'm gonna, oh know, my really god deep.
0: i love that mumble core that is beautiful that's what they, that's what they call it
1: that's what they call it i've 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 seen that name in a lot of the kind of pretentious, douchey criticism I like to read. And in that vein, I think all, if we're going to have a privileged white chick who gets, who's given production money and, you know, development money for no damn reason, it should all be given to Britt Marling. I just finished seeing the OA on Netflix, and it is as ridiculous as. It's ridiculous and genius as everything else she's ever made, and she's just the most charismatic thing to watch.
0: I'll have to check that out, because I'm looking for new stuff that, that's good quality. So, And I've been getting more into... I don't know. I guess entertainment and shows. Like I didn't really watch TV for years and years and years. I was like a little maybe too serious about stuff. Um, But you mentioned cognitive behavioral therapy earlier, and my my therapist actually just discharged me uh, a couple days ago. So she was like, "You've done a good job. You've progressed. You know, like I feel like I won at therapy. So that's a good step in the right direction. Um, And that was it. Was super helpful in overcoming negative thoughts and stuff like that. I mean, I kind of have, I'm always going to have kind of, I guess, a dark sense of humor or whatever, but um, kind of helped me through some dark shit that happened the, the whole, you know, last two years of life and especially 2016. This was a year that was, I, I feel like it was bad for everyone on a personal level, I mean, obviously, in the public realm, it was terrible, too. But also, just personally, I knew a lot of people who were going through some shit. So, glad that's over. Starting a new, It's a new year. New life. New entertainment. New shows. But yeah, like, and also your point about girls not really being for me. I have no idea of what that life is like. Like, I, I barely even have an idea of, like, people peers my age. Like, even that kind of you know, normal middle-class reality. I don't come from that. I come from more of like a working class, I mean, to be completely honest, white trash background. (laughs) It was a very, and I, I didn't realize how different it was until I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about bad neighborhood situations or bad apartment situations. And she was saying, oh, my apartment neighbors are so rude. They were being noisy one night. And like her boyfriends were all trading, you know, neighbor stories. And I launch into this story about having to do dispute resolution with a meth head uh, that I was living next to. And I was like, you know, what? I've I've lived a different life.
1: <laughs> no, and this is and it's it's important especially for people in any way, shape or form associated with the libertarian movement to talk about these things, because the issue of privilege is, is important. There's no way of getting around it. You can't have a discussion about corporations without privilege, which is very important to I mean, libertarian economic theory. Wow. That took, that, that took a dark Yeah, turn. Let's go back to a things Away from we're libertarian back to the economic movies. theory. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was bad. They, uh, with um, the whole issue of privilege. I mean, I'm I'm serious. I want people to go out there and look up Britt Marling. She is Lynna Dunham, except in like in a bizarre world form where she is tall and, and you know, she's stunning and she's athletic in a very obvious way. Like you know, you can see muscle on her body and she's much more interesting on screen she's actually charismatic and takes all sorts of chances with narrative and dialogue and peculiar obsessive with uh hipster douchebag themes like eco-terrorists and freegans oh and,
0: my god eco-terrorists
1: and yeah so it's, it's 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 fun i i recommend one of her ridiculous movies is called the east and I saw that in the theater. it was that important to see that one in the theater. It's ridiculous and but you'll you'll keep coming back. So no matter what she does now for the next 30 years I'm going to watch. And the opposite with Lena Dunham, I'm going to try to actively avoid. I mean, she spills over for me. Like, I, you know, I have to, my favorite lesbian modeling pack, uh, Taylor Swift and Friends (laughs) and the closet cases out there uh, that, you know, they let Lena in the room one time, which is not good. I don't want that splashing all over there. And I don't want, and I don't want to think of her with, you know, I just, I, I, she's heterosexual and I want team heterosexual to keep her. They they can keep so I but yeah I don't want to see her with with Taylor Swift's lesbian squad. Like I
0: said, not a huge fan, and it, I I try to avoid entertainment that I don't like. And but yeah, she just kind of leaks into everything as much as I try to avoid her. And it's like I I don't want to see what dumb shit she's saying that's trending. I'm just it, it's it's obnoxious, and I I try to avoid. I need to know what's going on. I need to be following the news. I need to be watching what's going on. And if you want to stay informed about what's going on, you have to wade through a lot of stupid sounding bullshit by the mumblecore thing. that That's great. That's perfect.
1: Yeah, I don't know where I first read that, but it's it's out there if you Google that. It will lead you to a few different actresses, too, and some other really garbage things that are pretentious and douchey to watch, which are some of the best things to watch right now. So I invite people to, to go do that. I want people to do that. I want the two people listening. There's still two. I hope we haven't lost them yet.
0: I don't know, man. Bringing up Lena Dunham, that's a way to lose anyone.
1: <laughs> Paul Krugman. <Crudwin. laughs> And she's she's a uniting figure. If you're on social networking, you'll see many different kinds of people coming together to hate her. And it's a wonderful thing. This is
0: something, unfortunately, it made me think of the latest political situation wherein all these all these research polls came out and they were saying that this past election was one where people were moved to vote out of complete negativity. They were moved to vote against candidates rather than for them because the both of the major candidates in the states were just universally hated and of course they were I mean we had Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I mean I, I like what I couldn't have written like a dystopic, nightmare reality like that but that that's what we got so people were mo- not motivated by any goodwill towards each other democracy or pride in their country or any of that bullshit they were just like I hate that motherfucker and I'm going to vote against them and um so now we have things like a reality tv star as president and we have things like pissgate i don't know if you want to talk about pissgate first of all i want to i want to make it clear this is a very sex positive podcast i don't care what people are into they can be into whatever he shouldn't be shamed for wanting to be pissed on by russians like whatever whatever you're into man i'm more worried that that guy's gonna be bombing people and whatever else i thought it was funny how people were freaking out when when the news the not news dropped and everyone was like oh this is just fake news this is bullshit Okay, so you could say whatever you want to say about BuzzFeed and some of these other sources, but they made it pretty clear that it was unsubstantiated claims. They did say that several times. (laughs) They just published it because it was sensational are people
1: and this is not my this is not in my professional co- this is definitely not in my professional capacity this is me what what the hell are people's expectations for buzzfeed i know right well why don't people have just skewed view of reality that just seemed unreasonable in the first place yeah it's a, it's a couple steps up it's for it's a smarty pants version of do you remember uh who did bat boy oh a national Enquirer. okay yeah
0: Bad boy. Yeah, well, Breitbart's the same way. Like Breitbart's like tabloid level journalism. But what I did find interesting, I so I, I read the BuzzFeed article. Um, the journalist put his PGP key out there, and I was like, "Wow, BuzzFeed journalists are using PGP keys. Like, I'm kind of impressed by that. I'm not even gonna lie. I think that's great. More people should be using encryption." So PGP, so not to bury the lead, but that's pretty good privacy, it's encrypted email. There are tutorials on how to set that up. I had it set up for a while. I set it up through Thunderbird. There are other programs out there, too. I've written a bit on encryption and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, that's one of the most oldest and tried and true ways of uh, communicating through encrypted email. But yeah, it's BuzzFeed. Come on, people. Are there standards for anything anymore? Journalism? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> were there, were there ever... there not after this week. You even have no. people talking about like, oh, this is the way the discourse has gone. It's like, uh, you know, to be honest, like journalism has always kind of been... There's always been trash. Yeah, you know, there's always been like yellow journalism and there's always been sensationalist garbage and rumors peddled as fact. And I mean, I just think it's hilarious that it pissed him off so much. He went into a Twitter storm. Hopefully he just spends all of his time bitching on Twitter and not making any serious decisions.
1: That would be wonderful. That's silver the silver yeah. lining in this. That would be great. I would I would vote for that. I would come out if he did nothing but just be ridiculous clown guy. Though, I mean, we still have not I mean, the serious parts of the discussion no one wants to get to. He put in the head of, what, ExxonMobil as Secretary of State? No. No, I, this I don't. You know, well, I mean, it's like I mean, I'm saying, okay, I guess I'd rather have big oil than the Clinton State Department. But that's like saying, oh, I'd I'd rather be shot than thrown off a building. Kind of discussion. That's not in, in, a <laughs> magnificent, <laughs> magnificent choice. You you know, you're the, you're the the last person, the last person from my
0: anarchist world that I will
1: speak to today before I head out into the the mean
0: streets of West Hollywood. The mean streets of West Hollywood. I wish I could he- head out into the mean streets of West Hollywood. I I have the uh, mean streets of Tampa, <laughs> which
1: a town I'm highly familiar be, with.
0: <laughs> it can be pretty mean. So so any other Trump catastrophes you want to cover?
1: There's actually several. I, looking at the two people who he wants running his foreign policy, neither of them actually take any of his positions. I mean, the the whole point of Trump as this rebellion candidate was at least he'd have this paleo libertarian anti-intervention attitude. But that's, yeah, I, I, I think people, there's so much wishful thinking and delusion, active delusion, where I think people should be openly medicated. I mean by openly medicated, meaning by like I pry open their jaw and shove it down their mouths. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of those, and this is why I've taken a step back from all all of that stuff. Is because I saw it moving to the hard right a few years ago, and I was like, really, guys, really, don't do this. You've made this mistake before. It's not going to end well. And I just don't understand why. What what I kept seeing from people that I knew from libertarianism was like, oh, well, look at, you know, Trump saying all of this stuff. It's like, well, George W. Bush said all of this stuff and Obama said all of this stuff. Like, why are you all of a sudden believing this guy? And they do this with Republicans sometimes. They, for some reason, they think that Republicans are more of their natural allies, which, I mean, historically, that just has never been the case. So there's really it's based on nothing but feelings. They're basically saying, oh, we can." he's saying he's not going to intervene. It's like, did you forget about all the millions of people he wants to deport and the families he wants to steal money from and the wall that he wants to build? And who knows if he's even going to do all of that because he's just saying shit. Like, he's just saying shit. He's just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and what riles people up. He's just kind of a weird, loose cannon. And why would you believe anything any politician says? Yeah, certainly not a carnival barker.
1: I mean, my expectations are very low. I just, I remember reading Spy Magazine back in the day, and it just always, always an an interesting clown. Okay, now he's emperor. The culture is going to change. And you said we'd probably have a meme in 2020 as president.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be running memes next election cycle. Like, we we made it, it, and this happened quickly. Like, I had a feeling we'd have a reality TV star as president eventually, or like a wrestler as president eventually. But like I thought, it was another four years off. I was a bit inaccurate with my original timeline here. So if this is, even is the right timeline, I mean, we could be in the totally wrong one. The Bernstein Bears and Shazam timeline is probably the right one, but apparently that doesn't reel. So I don't know. I uh, it's something else. It's something else. I I, I anything could happen.
1: Anything could happen. If anything probably will happen. I'm sure we'll see lots of right-wing cookery. I just think the whole country has moved to the right. Liberals, I'm putting that in air quotes, have moved to the right. I mean, they were always center right to begin with. Right. And now they've become, they've become the characters in that Phil Oaks novelty song about, it's not a novelty song, but a folk song about how awful liberals really, truly are love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. That's a liberals, I mean, they have now completely, fully embodied that. They've moved to the right. The Right has moved to the right. Libertarianism, like movement libertarianism has moved to the right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty bad. It's not good.
0: And and yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Like there, there hasn't been a true leftist movement in this country and it's been forever. It's, you know, arguably decades. Um, I mean, you had the anti-war left for a while under Bush, but that kind of dissipated. And even a lot of that was, I mean, on war it was good, but you know, on some of these other social issues, not so much, and I'm not buying this narrative. The narrative I keep hearing, and this is the one that pisses me off the most, is like, oh, well he won because the left abandoned working class whites. And it was because of their liberal elitism and they're looking down and they're sneering at these poor white people. Okay, hold up. I come from that. I come from the working class white people. And they don't give a shit about being called racist. They're not these delicate snowflakes that you have to worry about protecting their feelings. They don't care if you call them racist. Some of them are kind of proud to be a racist. You know how many Confederate flags are down here? Or where I come from, which is actually in the panhandle of Florida, which is lower Alabama. They don't give a shit. They look down on liberals and leftists as much, if not more. And gay people and black people and, you know, other minorities, they think Mexicans are taking their jobs and shit like that. I mean, these are, who cares? I Like, honestly, I don't care that these people are losing their factory jobs. I mean, I I don't have a whole lot lot of sympathy for them. They haven't done much to get themselves out of the situation that they're in. Uh, Internet's free in a lot of areas. You can educate yourself. Although public school is terrible and it's arguably very bad in some places, um, with the Internet, you have the ability to educate yourself. And these people are choosing to be victims They're choosing to not educate themselves and you know, not get out of their little bubbles. And, I mean, that's true for a lot of people, but to say that, oh, well, that's why you won, that's simplistic, and there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I think, in some cases, maybe some people are just still a little bit racist and sexist. I mean, this, you know, soon-to-be president in a week, shit, like a week, is talking about grabbing pussies and yeah. stuff like that. I Ugh. mean, that's what people put in the White House. They, they chose to disregard that, basically, as, oh. as though it's not a big deal.
1: It... It just underscored how horrible Hillary Clinton is perceived. I mean, how, how how awful everyone thinks Hillary Clinton is is that Donald Trump got elected. Yeah, he could have been a frog on a stick and he would have gotten elected, which is what essentially they elected—a frog, you know, frog thing, <laughs> a frog thing,
0: a frog thing. I'd, pissing I'd, I on would have, I would have rather had Pepe the Frog me- meme. You know, I would have rather had that than what we have, but sorry i don't I didn't even know what that noise was that's just the noise <laughs> no it's like no it's, like, it's the
1: noise of being an anarchist in in early 21st century
0: all i know is i'm gonna booby trap my pussy oh like, I did shit. So. it's not getting grabbed It's a safe space from that shit. I've erected a paywall around my life and
1: (laughs) make it very difficult for men to involve themselves in it unless they work under me. There you go. (laughs) That's just how I I do it. And I'm happy to hire male submissives if they're truly submissive in some category, but I don't, when I say hire, I mean they have to prove themselves worthy of being submissives, which means they're going to have to give me a lot up front.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you should have a lengthy interview process. For... <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll involve them giving me cash. That's how
1: I want it done. That's 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 my the next the next frontier because I've given up entirely on any change in this current system. And since the meltdown isn't going to happen quickly, it's going to happen in slow motion, where we just grind to a horrible second world status. And what I mean by that is just lower lower standard of living. For what we consider middle class, and I realize that's might be different for different people. I don't pretend there's some objective standard there. It's so no, I've given up on that. So I'm just more interested now in, you know, finding the right hair color, getting better shoes, <laughs> keeping my weight <laughs> below my IQ. That's about what I want. That's really, really what is best to hope for. I just want to look better at the end of 2017. I but I mean I actually I feel I feel horrible for everyone cuz I, I, 2016 was one of the better years of my life really something uh, to to see how things had developed so and I credit that to therapy cognitive behavioral therapy CBT not the other CBT
0: <laughs> not the other CBT
1: I have to make that clear for the one person who might be still there the other one Yeah I just there's not anything I can do other than in my professional life I have certain Plans of action for what should be done next for the anti-war movement. But just generally, I don't I don't foresee much changing and things will only get worse. Obama left Trump in a perfect position with all kinds of new
0: and expanded powers. Oh, yeah, I think it's only fair to shit on Democrats for a bit here and talk about the expansion of power under Obama because this is what happens. This is what happens when you say you want the executive branch to have basically unlimited power. He's deported millions of people. The drone strikes went way up, arms arms sales across the world got so out of hand and if you were worried that a right-wing theocrat was going to one day take power why would you embolden that position of power why like why would you keep increasing it and here we are and who knows what he's going to do now we have this weird loose cannon uh because liberals didn't want to rein in their guy because they fell for his bullshit too so yeah i mean i think i am done with movementism In general, I'd like to just kind of work on myself personally and try to be the best person I can be. And, you know, I'm obviously going to have an opinion. That's why I started a fucking podcast. But I don't have any hope that those opinions are going to change anything on a larger scale. Um, You know, I'm just trying trying to find the good people in my life who are supportive, you know, support them, you know, as individuals. And I... eat good food and take care of my health and push back in ways that I find are productive but as far as any kind of movements or things like that I just don't really see nothing appeals to me and I don't have the bandwidth for it like I I stopped all kinds of activism because I my personal life just kind of fell apart and you know still trying to put that back together and I'm okay with that I'm actually it's it's really nice not being super connected to a lot of that stuff anymore onwards and forwards
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's i'm 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 enjoying life uh, even under fascism because i you know my, my whatever my impressions whatever things i lay anything that structurally oppressed me or any things that particularly were a result of the state the current late capitalism or whatever the hell we're calling the mixed economy bullshit that you know that Nothing changed for me, irrespective of which one of those two people who knew each other and, you know, who have similar connections, though not entirely exactly the same, but, you know, elected. It made no difference in my life. And things are the same. I live in L.A., so whatever cha- my chances statistically are of getting de- of having to deal with the LAPD are still there. That hasn't changed. My money, more of my money was going to go to bomb children with either candidate. It didn't matter. They're just gonna. They're still gonna torture. I mean, they're still gonna torture people. Mm-hmm. Still gonna prosecute the war. They're still gonna rationalize the police state. What possible? Di- I mean, what, what difference could it possibly make? Yeah, this one will be more entertaining. Uh, I don't think he's actually a theocrat. I do think he's pretty secular, and I also do think he has no coherent ideology. Yeah. Well, I, I,
0: more so, Pence. Oh yeah, is yeah. A, and, is I, a theocrat. and I admit that
1: I completely mix up Pence and Cain. Still. You know, generic white <laughs> running mate. I don't know what the hell that way. I'm, I'm, well, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, they're horrible. They're sorry. God, they're, just, right? uh, they're just people to whom I will never relate and not have any common cause with. But yeah, I, yeah. And Trump has no prevailing ideology. He's just some vague concepts he's sort of committed to. He kind of is just a razzle dazzle showman who manages to bring. Or rile up and bring together some of the worst of humanity.
0: Yep. But I I think one good thing that I'd like to see come out of this is I'd like to see better art produced, I think, with this kind of frustration and anger. Because there is a lot of frustration in general. That like these were the choices that people felt that they were stuck with, and you just saw a lot of disillusionment in general at the whole system. And you know, I want to see better punk rock come back. Like, I want to see good art, better entertainment, and stuff. You know, with a message, and hopefully, hopefully, that happens again. I, mean, I think you you see you see kind of waves of that. I think maybe people got a little comfortable for a while, and they're gonna be really uncomfortable. Some people should be uncomfortable. Yeah. But, you know, I like talking about weird shit. I'm just going to blaze into this next segment here because (laughs) I don't even have a good segue for it. Fuck it. We're talking about uncomfortable things. You know what's uncomfortable? Being shamed for having a period. Being shamed for stuff that you can't control. I'd like to see a change in that kind of culture. The culture that treats women like, you know, there's some kind of aberration from the norm. That kind of leads me into this article that you sent me, the end of period, shame. I kind of made a prediction last podcast where I hoped that menstrual cups would be weaponized. Which, by the way, have you ever used those things? Have you ever ever tried the menstrual cups? I have. And I'll just,
1: I don't know if the audience is really ready for that experience.
0: It's okay. It's okay. There's no shame. There's no shame in some shit that just happens to you have no choice with. i remember looking forward to my period because i was kind of a late bloomer all my friends had gotten their periods and like it's seen as like this oh it's the mark of womanhood or whatever and there's all this like kind of mystery around it but then as soon as i got it i was like god fuck this shit i hated it so much i had so much resentment and hatred and anger about it I mean, they still tax shit. They still tax things like pads and tampons in a lot of places as if it's a luxury good, as if it's something that, you know, you're choosing to get. It's like half the population experiences this with, and we don't have any control over it. Of course, we think there shouldn't be any taxes in general. But this is like one of those things, like for real, why, I mean... It's something that's absolutely necessary. And, yeah, I've used those cups. Um, And I think they make great weapons. I think they should be marketed as weapons more so than this eco-friendly, green, crunchy, hippie thing. Because they're the most metal way to have a period. It's a little silicone cup and you stick it up there and the blood goes into it and you, you got to like take it out and you it's kind of it's a little uncomfortable to do like if you're in public or something and you have to use a public restroom because you have to use one of those stalls that has a sink in it because you can't just whip it out go out and like dump the blood there's just no it's not super sanitary you know I mean it's sanitary when it's in there but like it, the whole cleaning of it and stuff and then you know if you clean it properly it's fine but it was a bit much for me but I felt metal as fuck so I, I love this article I, I want to kind of bring attention this is on the fader.com it's called the end of period shame and the uh, subtitle is artists activists and entrepreneurs are changing how we talk and think about menstruation and it's by Ruth Saxelby with illustration by Faye Orlov it's got a nice little pretty picture of all of the different feminine products And, uh, you know, kind of blood splattered. (laughs) I think it's great. It kind of starts talking about the menstrual cup. And people are like, oh, well, the menstrual cup's great because it's not doused in chemicals. It doesn't fill up landfills and stuff like that. It's kind of talking about this song by Jenny Hval on her new album, Blood Bitch. And, which I love the name of that, by the way. And her sensual song denounces the shame surrounding menstruation. And... I'm all for this. I think this is great. Maybe it is uncomfortable for people, but why Why is it uncomfortable for people? Why is something that the, happens to people that they have no control over uncomfortable? A bunch of shit women go through is uncomfortable. The
1: uncomfortable part is the pain, shooting, numbing pain in one's thighs. The horrible, horrible cramps from deep inside the center. The passing of fibroids. Mm-hmm. Of stalks. And this seems to be somewhat, it just seems to be common and something like one in four, one in five women have it. It's fairly common. But, you know, it's just gynecology and gynecology is kind of backwards. I mean, who gives a shit whether women have these problems or not?
0: Who cares? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, whatever. Right. Just suck it up and deal with it. I saw this illustration once of, you know, this is what it's like to have a period. And it was a picture of a uterus and there was a little T-Rex in there, like, you know, rawr, and, there, and that's pretty much what it feels like. It feels like there's a little dinosaur in there ripping you from the inside. And, I mean, yeah, maybe ibuprofen helps that sometimes or other things. Um, there are many other things you can use to bring relief, but it's pretty fucking horrible. I, I love this quote. Uh, I want to just bring attention to this quote from the article. In a world where girls are taught from a young age that periods are supposed to be hidden— Not just unobservable and unsmellable, but also unspoken of. The song presents an image of a woman who is not just unperturbed by her own blood, but emboldened by it. I have big dreams, she says, and blood powers. Then she goes on to say, the strongest blood in the universe is probably menstrual blood, but at the same time, it's always being stripped of its power. (laughs) I love this. Yeah, it is gross. It is uncomfortable, but... Who cares? Deal with it. It's just bodies. It's just uh, biological processes. The first introduction to open menstruation was
1: uh, Ingo, Ingo Musio's Cunt. I bought that at Bookwoman in Austin, Texas, a feminist bookstore. Mm. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I did. Nice. She's a lesbian who likes to uh, menstruate around the house. Openly freely.
0: Well, so there was a woman who ran a marathon too, who was who freebled. Oh, it's not for me. Actually, she's mentioned in here. Uh, yeah, she she ran a marathon. I was the London Marathon. That's right. While uh, free bleeding. And that sounds, God, that sounds so uncomfortable. Right. I can't, it, I can't do anything when I'm on my period. I, right. I'm just like laying down. Like, I, fuck running a marathon. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they've, you know,
1: I mean, I'm fine with people making political statements about that. I just, for me, it was, it's debilitating. Mm-hmm. And I would find nothing comfortable, and I don't find any of it comfortable, but free bleeding would not necessarily be an improvement. But to me, it would be less comfortable, especially while running, to be that yeah. wet, to be that... I, just, I would just find it horribly distracting and repulsive to my own comfort, and I don't want to always be uncomfortable, and I don't know why having a period should be any more uncomfortable than it already is, and this is why I'm very excited about a new range of products in hemp and marijuana that address that suppositories, creams, balms.
0: Yeah, I've heard of those. Um, I mean, I call them pussy pods, but they're called something else officially, right? Yes. The, the cannabis, uh, you, yeah, they're used to treat um, cramps and stuff like that. And I, I'd love yes. to try them. I, I'd like to review them on the show eventually. I just got to get my hands on some. But yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to try those. I've, I've read a couple reviews on them. And I think that's a good way to kind of directly address the pain because I was having hormonal issues. And now those are mostly under control. Now my period is still just really uncomfortable. I mean, and sometimes it does kind of like put me down, but it doesn't put me down and out like it used to. But I used to just be curled up in a ball and like I would just have to choose cannabis all day to just not being debilitating pain, like going to the hospital pain.
1: You mean, we'll get no disagreement. It's it's made it made endometriosis bearable until I had a series of surgeries that corrected the problem. Though well, this is something I say, it just, you know, I had just about everything from acupuncture to whatever laying of hands. I mean, to try to fix the endometriosis. What fixed it was a surgeon, a really good gynecological surgeon. The treatment of very good Western, I you mean, know, like a very high quality Western medicine, is what fixed it. And that's not necessarily that other things don't work or whatever. I'm just saying that in my case, that this that was something that it it needed that kind of treatment. And I know just most women are not going to get that.
0: Yeah, modern medicine is is amazing. I mean, I'm all for, you know, natural remedies and shit like that, but it really only goes so far.
1: Right, and I, there's you know, many of these different kind of healing, different cultural forms of healing, they do great wonderful things, for certain things, just for this thing, I definitely needed this to be addressed, but if you're gonna go, I'm not, I'm not crunchiness I am very disciplined about my own issues with weight, but going with very few processed foods you know, going closest, doing a whole lot of high raw vegan, I mean, not exclusively but doing that kind of food does seem to mellow some of endometriosis. I mean, like there's enough folk evidence in my life, anecdotal evidence in my own life to say that this is true. And from other women, you know, from other women hearing this, that diet full of lots of raw vegetables, lots of vegetables, mm-hmm. and, you know, attentive to that will help tame some of the, it won't cure, it won't make the endometriosis go away magically, but it will temper some of those symptoms.
0: It's great that people are talking about it in, in whatever ways they're talking about it whether you want to make period blood art or go crazy with it and free bleed through a marathon. Those are the kind of more on the extreme ends of the spectrum and maybe you need some of that to kind of force the conversation but when you have more moderate approaches too that's also beneficial and what it does is it leads to innovation. It leads to better treatment for women's health better medical treatments but also better inventions. You have things brought up in this article thinks which is period proof underwear which I I get fed ads for those all the time and I'm kind of curious about those I'm like hmm because I I mean the free bleeding thing I get it but it's not something I'm interested in doing I'm a kind of sanitary person and like I don't want to like I, I think it's kind of funny and you know to make edgy jokes about that I just I mean I just
1: don't find it at all physically comfortable I'm not thinking if anyone else's comfort I'm not thinking yeah it's taboos. really a comfort I don't care. Me. I'm not a sensitive person I'm not sensitive to others anymore I don't care so it's not about them, it's just about my comfort, and that's not going to be comfortable for me. Gynecological health is something I would feel strongly about, why I would be excited for a truly free market in that, in a world where there weren't as many restrictions and structural hierarchies that keep people from reaching their full potential.
0: Can we get rid of the fucking tax, of all the taxes? Also mentioned in this article in July 2015, the Canadian government scrapped the tampon tax. Which is the sale tax on feminine hygiene products because they were categorized as luxury items. And 40 states still tax tampons, pads, and menstrual cups. How are they luxury items? How are, yeah, how are they luxury? Like, oh, wow, I feel so luxurious, like, every once a month. it feels terrific. It feels great.
1: I'm I'm so pampered. That large mass of gelatin that just flopped out to my thigh.
0: Oh, look, it fell out of the underwear and dripped to my knee, even through two pads. I love it when it sneaks up on me when I'm in the middle of a busy day and comes (laughs) early and I'm just like, (laughs) everything's going wrong. And then, you know, my favorite pair of underwear gets ruined again.
1: Yeah. Because it's I on
0: you. it's...
1: Luxurious. It's like, yeah, no it's, no, it's a fucking horror. And it's entirely unfair, and it shouldn't, at this point in human history, be preventable. And, and I do realize that there's forms of birth control pills and other contraceptives people have experimented with to make periods not inevitable during our reproductive years, because that takes up... So- I mean, you, I mean, I've lost years of my life to my menstrual cycle.
0: Yeah. Years. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you don't think about like, it's basically I mean, maybe you can still work and stuff like that. But I never feel like I'm at peak productivity. It's like getting sick once a month. Basically, and I mean, yeah, you can regulate it more with hormonal birth control and stuff like that. But you know, I've even tried that, and that kind of made things worse in other ways that also affected my productivity states. And so, you know, in some sometimes that's just not an option for people. And then if you get into what women have to go through in prison, I don't know if you've looked into some of that, how difficult it is to get feminine hygiene products in prisons. It sounds, I mean, prisons are already a nightmare, but the struggle that women have to go through to get access to something that they absolutely need that is absolutely not a luxury item. It is an essential, vital thing for them to have, to have basic human rights, it's horrific. I, I just think if this was something that affected everyone. This wouldn't even be an issue. There wouldn't be these weird taxes. There wouldn't even need to be a fight for it. I mean, I didn't. The audience right now is that "Don't believe in any taxes." No, it's, it's just interesting that you know it's
1: categorized as a luxury item, and they say there's no structural misogyny. Right. It's all in our heads.
0: Yeah, like, like this is just something we're we're making up once a month. Oh, yeah. And yet somehow going through stuff like that and going through. Something as metal also as childbirth, which I don't really ever see myself going through that. I just don't see how women ever got categorized as the weaker sex or the weaker gender or anything like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, just, you yeah. know, based on those two things alone that women biologically have to go through. Or trans men, too. I want to be inclusive. Men can have periods, too. How people can deny that sexism doesn't exist is just it's ridiculous.
1: And I don't give. I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't. I don't care. It's. I don't have to convince morons online. You know these these people who you know these sad sad cases that roam the internet looking for women to harass, of which there are so many. It's not a trope. It's just the reality for women. I don't know. I'm repulsed. Yeah,
0: well, in a lot of ways, people are making a lot of strides, and they have throughout history. And that's going to lead us into the next segment, which I'm going to bring us up a little bit because this is a segment I call Sassy Bond on this day in history. And Sassy Bond is a catch-all term for just badass people in history. Our our friend Stephanie Murphy came up with this term. And it, I, I've kind of, I guess I've, I've kind of co-opted it. I'll admit it. She came up with it, but I kind of co-opted it. So the sassy bun on this day in history is Berthe Morisot. She was a French painter who is an impressionist painter, and she was born in 1841. I say on this day in history, the day that we're recording the podcast is January 14th. So she was born January 14th, 1841. She was a really badass impressionist painter. She was super influential, studied under just some of the best artists she influenced manet if you're familiar with the french artist manet okay so she actually became acquainted with edouard manet and married his brother eugene and they were married in 1874 and had one daughter i want to refer you to the source information here which is saint sisters and sluts.com which by the way i love the title of that website So, this kind of goes into a bit about her basically. She kind of got her start at the Salon de Paris, and that was the official annual exhibition in Paris, it was sponsored by the government until 1881 and judged by academicians, and it was the place to be recognized as an artist in France in the 19th century. But as time went on, the juries became more conservative. Specifically, they were not receptive to the artists who came to be called Impressionists. So she was a very famous Impressionist. These artists broke away and held their own exhibitions, starting in 18. 18- Seventy-four, so she was one of the top three women in impressionism. Basically, she worked in oil, watercolor, and pastel, and tended to paint domestic life and portraits. She frequently used family and friends as models, including her daughter Julie. Her selection of subjects was somewhat hampered by her gender and social status, although she did eventually paint nudes later in her career, which is very very progressive for this time. She definitely caught a lot of shit for being a female and especially a female artist. But she was appreciated by many and her work stood out. It was just so good. And what made it stand out was her feminine subjects and style. She eventually became acquainted with Edouard Manet. Her her sister also was a very famous painter. And the families became close and she ended up marrying edward's brother eugene and they married in 1874 and had one daughter named julie um, eugene Manet died in 1892 and bert own health wasn't good but she passed away in march 2nd of 1895 and her daughter was left in the care of a friend of hers and this is a quote by G- george moore only one woman created a style and that woman is madame morisot Her pictures are the only pictures painted by a woman that could not be destroyed without creating a blank, a hiatus in the history of art. So that's our sassy bun on this day in history, Berthe Morseau, French painter and Impressionist. And would you like to add anything to that? This was all uh, just for reference. These were all quotes from saints, sisters, and sluts.com. I did a little bit of art history in college, but... I had not I had not heard of her.
1: Oh, I've not heard of her either until I saw your show notes. That was the first.
0: And it's interesting, you you see, maybe it was a a comment someone said somewhere. It was about women being shamed for sharing nudes online, you know, on their on their private profiles or whatever. And it, someone made a comment that throughout history men have been celebrated for painting nudes of women and celebrating the nude female form and women have always been basically shat on for it just like oh how dare you have a body how dare you put your own body out there and so she was definitely a pioneer in her time painting nudes that's very rare for women in that period of history And I think we found our silver lining for this episode. It started off on a rough note and I think we covered the spectrum of topics, quite a broad spectrum of topics. So I think this is probably a good point to wrap things up Angela, thanks so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure, and I have a feeling that Angela's going to be making a few more appearances on this podcast as a co-host. And if you have any topics you'd like to see me bitch about, send them on over to Iconosass at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast at Iconosass on SoundCloud.com. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll be catching you later.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, this yes, is the hot a take great, of the hot take. This is this is good. The snowball There may be some of that unintentionally
0: someday. Free volin, free bleeding. we're free bleeding.